Hello everyone and what is up? I am Daryl Smart and welcome to episode number four of Smart Sports Podcast. Wow, episode number four already. I hope you are all having an amazing week. It has been a busy couple of weeks in local sports and that is awesome. This week I have Waterford's Hayden Halstead with me on the podcast. For those that aren't familiar with his story, he's been a pro motocross rider Hayden is back home this week because he is racing in the 2019 Rockstar Energy Triple Crown MX Tour Stop at Gopher Dunes on Saturday. And for the last five months, he's had quite the voyage to get back to Gopher Dunes. Welcome back home, Hayden. How's it going? Thank you. Uh, it's going good. Just trying to get ready for our local race. Nice. So that's uh, I guess we'll lead off with that. I know over the years when we've talked, you've always said how exciting it is to do go for dunes and it's uh it's got to be pretty exciting for you to come back home yeah it's it's cool because you can have you know your family and friends show up and you get to race in front of them and it's nice having all your 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 family there because you know lots of times they're trying to follow you on social media and watching the races and you know sometimes it doesn't work all the time and <laughs> it's it's just nice to have that extra support there Nice. So this weekend, you're coming back home to go for dunes in Cortland. The 2019 Rockstar Energy Triple Crown MX Tour. I had to actually read that because I'm so used to just saying Rockstar Nationals. Yeah. But uh, can you explain just a little bit before we were on, explain just about the title change and all that other stuff? Yeah, I guess uh, you got to be politically correct with sponsors <laughs> and title sponsors and stuff. So um, a few years ago the uh all the racing was uh run by uh it was called uh cmrc and uh long story short the uh sanctioning body switched hands to a new family based company called jetworks and uh they've got us on tsn i'm pretty sure now so Mm -hmm. live tv is pretty cool and uh They've uh, just been trying to grow the sport a bit, so it's nice to see a little bit of progression with uh, what we're trying to do. And just for some of the people that aren't familiar with your story, uh, how, this is how many years have you been a pro rider, and what has your progression been like? So I'm 25, which feels, from Waterford. Yeah, let's so. put that out there because all people from Waterford, you know. <laughs> no, we're all good. We're all good in Waterford. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're all good in Waterford. Come on now. So. Uh, <laughs> 25 and uh, I moved to Waterford in 2002 I was going into grade 3 that summer so I was from Cambridge all my family lived there both sides of my family and my parents raced uh, street bikes and stuff um, at Shannonville and and did all that kind of thing when they were my age so um, we kind of started out as uh, just your regular dirt bike enthusiasts on the weekends going out as a family and riding the trails and stuff and it's probably some of the funnest things I've ever looked back on so started out as innocent trail riding with mom and dad and next thing you know we move out to Waterford and buy a little farm and we build a track and they can't keep me off the thing I'm out there every <laughs> single night typical story just out there pounding laps having fun after school and and uh Next thing you know, we start racing, and, it, and that's a whole new thing, and it's fun. And we go out as a family every weekend and go to the track, and it's just competitive, and we're all into it. And I, you know, I need to 
need my dad's help with all my bike stuff and my mom's doing everything else and making sure you know my gear's ready and my food's good and that just progressed for probably well probably 10 or 11 years so I started racing when I was eight or seven and then I you know we raced amateur for probably 10 or 11 years till I was I think 18 or night uh, 2013 and then uh, from then on I got uh, my pro license so I did the West Coast series for or sorry I did the East Coast series the uh, first two years I was pro it was all we could we could manage and it was pretty cool to to do it by ourselves and uh, I was just you know just coming up and that uh, we did it as a family still and then in 2015 I was still uh, by myself you know locally sponsored kind of and uh, just you know a little bit of support and uh, I did the West Coast series and the East Coast series so I did the entire series in 2015 uh, with my just with another pro we loaded up the trailer and I was I don't know 19 years old and we drove out there and hit all the races and my dad and mom flew into a couple of them and helped me out and that's kind of where all the uh, pro stuff really started happening and the, the next year after that was 2016 and I did pretty good in 2015 especially for my rookie year and uh, ended up landing myself with some amazing guys up in Ottawa that that run a team that 250 Yamaha team and from then it's just been uh, progression up basically to the getting top five finishes last year so that's nice. the progression that's pretty awesome and, and it's got to be exciting just to like at what point were you thinking all right I'm gonna be a pro or was there that moment where you're like you know what I'm actually a pro rider now that it's got to be something that you've dreamed about yeah it's super weird because in motocross i don't know you always hear of like you know ball and stick sport guys and like you know i watched wayne gretzky and i just dreamed about being a pro so the amateur it's kind of like this in, in other sports too you don't really ming you, you, you you're not you know there isn't pros playing at the same rinks as you yeah so it's the kind of the same thing with motocross the amateur stuff's you know at another track on the weekend and if there's a pro national it's it's a whole nother event so you watch it on tv and stuff but i never even really thought that i would go this far with it it was i i, I never looked that long term i was always kind mm -hmm. of just i want to do good this weekend or like it'd be it'd be cool to to win my class this year and i knew it would be cool and, and possible to become a pro but I was never really super focused that was never like my super long term I guess I meant I just was a short-term kind of guy and mm -hmm. it was just you know maybe that kind of helped my help with my success a little bit just focusing on on the weekend ahead of me I guess the rock or the I guess well the old rockstar nationals at gopher dunes were probably the only pro races that you got to see as a kid or as you were growing up yeah and I honestly was probably just so starstruck and couldn't believe how fast these guys were going that I, I I wasn't even thinking about possibly getting there one day I could you know it was almost overwhelming mm -hmm. how, how you know how good these guys were so it was kind of I, I ended up having those feelings once I was pro and and I know the first year that that happened it never set in until I you know did a performance that I 
knew that that's where I should be, you know. So it was the second moto, wasn't it? What? I think it was because you you kind of had some troubles. I remember following that one, and you had some engine problems or something like that in the first one, and then the second one you just tore it up. What you were actually speaking about is the two years I did just the East Coast Gopher was my first national because it starts yeah. the East Swing. So I, uh, yeah, I do recall probably I remember the something happened in that first moto and then i i did really good you know in the uh actually in the morning i qualified i'm pretty sure like six mm -hmm. you have to qualify to get into the race so i remember then it was like man i i'm fast enough and i just i did it i just proved that you know i qualified six out of probably you know 60 or 70 pros like this is what I should, this is what I'm going to be doing. This mm -hmm. is what I do. So that was probably the first time that I thought I'm a pro. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And to be doing it full time too, that's got to be pretty amazing. And now that you, now that you are a pro and there are some, uh, of course, not everything comes easy. And this season hasn't been the easiest for you. Um, maybe you could tell the listeners just about your year and uh, you had a little bit of an accident in the off season you broke your leg and uh so this is a bit of a comeback yeah so um normally typically there's a uh, motocross is super strenuous and it's a lot of a, a lot of uh training and it's a it's it's a pretty physical sport so uh typically it head down south you know due to our canadian winters uh head down south to uh you know i i went to uh south carolina the year prior to uh train down there and get ready for the season for a couple months so uh, i think it was february this year uh february 21st i was leaving that following weekend to go to south carolina to start training for a couple months and i was uh bmxing and snapped my leg in half at an indoor place so uh oh man that was that was that was a big problem so uh, i ended up having to get surgery on it and had to get my tib put back together with a big rod through the middle of it and i've been uh i've been pretty lucky with injuries nothing too major i had both my shoulders done i had to get those fixed but they were in i got them done in the fall so it was kind of in the off season and I a little was bit of in and out eh? ready for the ready to still train so i i never really missed um training like that in the spring so this year was and it was it was pretty bad too like i i'd actually haven't broken a limb to be to be honest so i i was a little i wasn't sure how it was gonna go especially it was pretty bad with the tib and fib both of them broke so i wasn't sure how it was gonna how long it took and i was definitely super naive with with how long it, i i remember i called down to club mx where i was gonna train and i'd been sitting on the couch for about a week and i called down there and i said well uh just pencil me in for in about five weeks i think this thing's only gonna take six weeks so and you know it's like pretty serious thing to get down there so they're like yeah no problem man so then you know i i go to my uh, appointment with my my uh, surgeon at six weeks and and uh he's super good guy big sports guy down in hamilton i got super lucky to get him and uh he was I, I was kind of naive i guess because i think he was uh he was really progressive with with the way he did his medicine and and i i guess i kind of took that the wrong way 
and because uh, right after surgery he told me to get walking on it but and and to get it moving and and to not do much but just try to get walking so when i went in for that uh six week uh appointment thinking that i could possibly ride <laughs> i uh he basically just laughed at me and said you know i'm uh pretty progressive with letting people walk so i don't think uh <laughs> I don't think you're ready for that yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how frustrating is it? Is it like even from like a mental standpoint, and even kind of the is there a little bit of pressure on yourself to to get into training because, it, like you said, you now that you're at the pro level, you've got to get into training. Like, did you put added pressure onto yourself, or was it just a, a mental thing and just saying oh, I really want to get going again? So when I broke my leg, I'll keep the graphic stuff to myself. <laughs> I'm laying on the ground and my buddies are around me. The ambulance is already on its way. I was super calm, even though. Uh, so the first thing I asked my buddy, I said, can I see your phone? I got to look at the calendar. So I, just, I hadn't called my mom, I hadn't called my dad, my girlfriend, nothing. I pull the calendar out and I start counting the weeks. I go, okay, I got 15 weeks from today before the first race I said we're gonna be fine I said I'm not sure how long this stuff takes but I can give it 12 weeks and I'll have three weeks to train which You're is crazy. pretty minimal but that's you know three weeks is still three weeks yeah so I uh, that's where my head was at when it happened and then uh, after surgery it was it was I was pretty uh, beat down I my leg was really bad. I could barely move the thing. I was supposed to be walking and I couldn't, couldn't really walk. And it was so swollen and blue and purple. And so I was getting pretty discouraged and just knowing that everybody else is out there training and getting better and improving. And so I uh, started, I read a lot of stuff and listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and try to keep up to date on the, the newest and greatest training techniques and what you know other pro athletes are doing and stuff so mm -hmm. i really kind of hit the books hard and started educating myself on bone growth and bone healing and what it was going to take to get this stuff going and and then i kind of figured that i could i could do some stuff in the gym so i remember i went went to the gym and uh, i have my own gym but i i went to uh the gym in waterford because i was just looking to hit a couple you know machines and stuff that you can be seated mm -hmm. position in and and not so much uh you know free weight stuff like i and jumping around like i do at my house so i uh, went to the gym two weeks after surgery and i remember <laughs> drove myself there crutched myself into the gym had a couple funny looks and then uh i, I put about 15 minutes in and i just started feeling so oozy and i was gonna puke and, <laughs> and i remember sitting on on a chest press machine not wanting to call for someone to pick me up from home because it was pretty <laughs> embarrassing but i think i just had i uh I, I don't take um too well to to all the anesthetic and drugs and stuff so i think that stuff was still in my system and yeah and was messing with me a little bit and it took probably a week and a half for that just just for that feeling to go away oh man even mentally that's got to be a tough one because like you said you're you're not used to injuries and you, you're just one of those guys that wants to get out there and and walk even you know what i mean it doesn't yeah. matter what the injuries are you just kind of get up and dust yourself off yeah um so how long did the process take so i uh funny enough i won't spend too much time on this but i actually crashed last year on the second last race in quebec 
and ended up uh, fracturing a vertebrae, uh, compressing my T12. It was a pretty little weird freak kind of mistake, and uh, I got away really, really lucky. So mm -hmm. I actually took probably six weeks, five, six weeks off um, in the fall of not riding and and not working and just making sure that my back healed correctly and mm -hmm. and uh so i was already feeling a little bit behind with not riding in the fall not that it's super uh improvement kind of training time but it you just riding in the fall after the race season is usually a little more fun but you know you're still staying in shape and you're still putting in like longer motos like longer time on the bike and you're still you're always trying to improve a little bit so mm -hmm. not being completely off the bike in the fall set me back mentally even more um so coming back from my leg i uh i actually i had a, a little bit of money saved because i didn't go down south to uh, train <laughs> so i uh, didn't really know what to do and i ended up buying a uh a new uh rower a ski erg uh sorry a ski erg which is simulates cross-country skiing mm -hmm. and you can do that in a chair so i was kind of looking for ways to get <laughs> cardio done with uh, my bum leg but about after that six week mark my surgeon actually funny enough told me not to ride but kind of kicked my butt into gear and told me like get on this thing like don't yeah. be afraid to start giving her on it you're pro you know it's healed it's just starting to heal the rod is strong you know, I just don't want you doing anything too big because it's basically being held together with screws and I don't yeah. want you to break a screw. So I kind of really, that's when I really started to focus my efforts kind of physically on my leg. And I uh, was going out to my gym and I was feeling a little bit better. I could do stuff without feeling pukey and stuff. So I got out there and started doing cardio. And, and I think just those cardio sessions and really trying to focus on my leg and getting blood flow moving kind of started really progressing my my mm -hmm. leg so uh when i got to about week 10 i moved my 12 week appointment to a week early nice nice <laughs> because i knew you're stubborn so of course you wanted to go well it was <laughs> it was because i knew i was uh i would have to leave yeah to go racing if uh <laughs> on my 12-week appointment so, so if he gave you the green light you were ready to go so i figured i wouldn't get the green light <laughs> but i just wanted to know be a little more educated on it and i went and he told me you know uh the bone's basically strong enough but you know it's definitely a lot weaker and you got to take some time to get this thing strong now and, and get back into regular activity and stuff so i i, I took about a week to do that nice <laughs> so when you, when was the first time you got to ride yeah, so after that, the rig for the race team was, was uh, I had a week to ride before I had to leave for Calgary to race. So <laughs> I just got uh, got on my bike and went for a ride to see how it was. And oh, 13 man. weeks from surgery, I got on my bike. And I basically had that week to train, mm -hmm. which is insane. That's that's You can't <laughs> train in a week. No. And I also have to it's a new bike this year so i got a there's a lot of testing that goes into the bikes to get it you know where where how you like it to feel and mm -hmm. so i had to ride get in shape and test my bike in a week That's so insane. Uh, what do you ride now 
Uh, same thing. It's the yeah. Yamaha. Just they had a, a a model change this year. Mm-hmm. They usually typically do a model change every five years. So, 2019 was the new big unveil of the of the new bike. And mm-hmm. luckily enough, the the Yamahas are one of the best bikes. They're really really good. And the the new 2019 was basically just a little bit improved 2018. And and I don't think you could really get the thing much better. So. As far as that, I was pretty lucky that the bike was so good that I didn't have to. There, I was pretty happy with it right away, so I didn't have to make any drastic changes. To, so one hurdle, basically, yeah, you didn't have one hurdle. Then. Yeah, so I was that. That was a big relief knowing that I got one day on my race bike of testing <laughs> up in Ottawa, and uh, the thing felt really fast and it turned good, and I was, I felt good knowing that my bike was. Uh, awesome how was it to ride that day was there any like any trepidation with anything you you know what i mean like you break a leg and we were talking before about your leg and your knees and stuff like that yeah such an important part of the body in motocross so i'm in motocross it's really hard yeah and you have to stand up a lot and a lot of the times when you're in a turn you put your inside leg up near the handlebars because your peg will kind of scrape in the ground so there's really no room for your leg but sometimes when you're going fast enough you get so low in the turn that your bar will almost hit the ground mm-hmm. and sometimes your leg will catch the dirt and kind of get caught in the dirt and your bike's moving forward so your leg will kind of get ripped backwards Ooh. like it it's just called dabbing your leg so yeah. i was mentally looking back on it now i was extremely cautious with my left leg and uh especially left hand turns because that's when that leg is out Mm -hmm. and it was almost amazing how i was just riding and somehow never dabbed my foot so i was really i was well i i did did yeah but um it was just it was kind of funny that i I was protecting it subconsciously that much natural though yeah so looking back on it, it that took a couple weeks and that took uh, two weekends of racing before I kind of got over that, and I was trying to get over it, but it was so painful and uh, and and kind of almost put me out if I ended up dabbing it. So, in my mind, I guess it was better to uh, to ride more cautiously and and a little bit slower and just suck it up, which is really hard when you want to go fast, and uh, then to dab it and almost throw myself out of the race. So, so after that, so. The tour starts uh, first. Uh, where was the first start? Calgary. Uh, Calgary. Was yeah. it in Calgary? And so, what was that like? How much like so for yourself? Because so. it's got to be pretty crazy. And again, kind of recovering from something and only being on a bike for for a week. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, if any of those guys that are good at math are listening at this, I said I had 15 weeks until the race, but I was talking about only having one week at week 13. Yeah. So, if anyone's wondering about week 14 before the race. I actually drive the team's rig. So that week <laughs> was me driving to the race. So coast to coast, basically. Yeah, so Ontario to yeah, Ontario Ottawa to Calgary. to Calgary. So unfortunately, <laughs> probably not the best thing for my leg. Um, it was getting a little swollen from driving, uh, you know, day after day for three days. But uh, I did the best I could to, to, to I iced it in Lake Superior up in Pancake Bay. Nice. And uh, stopped in the prairies to do some uh, stretching and a little little yoga session it was kind of cool out in the middle of nowhere but uh coming into calgary it was 
pretty strange, but it was also not too bad because I didn't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I was pretty excited to, to, to race, to be honest, and to just see where I, you know, where I was at. So the first race didn't go so great. I qualified in the morning, which was good, and uh, I ended up getting 28th. And last year I was getting top five. So yeah. Um, a little bit humbling, do you think? Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> get, get ready to laugh. <laughs> so, uh, first qualifier in the morning, we get let out, and I just crash in the first turn. <laughs> oh no! Just like the most beginner rider, so it was a left-hand turn, and it was—it's a little muddy in the morning, so try to keep the dust down in the afternoon. So, I my front end kind of tucked, and normally you would probably just dab your foot, put your foot on the ground, and you wouldn't fall over. You'd keep yourself up, and I just kept my foot on the peg and dropped the shoulder and just rolled out of it so oh, man. i'm laying there <laughs> first race first turn first time on the track laying on the ground going what did i just get myself into <laughs> i picked my bike up and i just get going and i uh ended up qualifying so it's just gotta just gotta pick it up so was there a moment where you just kind of you kind of started forgetting about the injury at all or have you yet yeah so that was a really tough weekend. I did the I did the first race at Calgary and I honestly raced the entire race standing on my right foot only. I almost hovered my left leg above the peg. So mm-hmm. my right leg was so I remember getting off the the bike. I couldn't walk. I uh was using the tables under the tent at, you know with my hands to move my way over to to get ready for the next race and I was every time I'd step on my right leg it was just shaking it was so tired so (laughs) I went out for the second race and that was probably the lowest low I uh I couldn't stand up my right leg was so fried like I couldn't stand at all so I was sitting and I dabbed my left foot and it was was, I remember just screaming out there it was it hurt so much I couldn't shift I just pushed through it and uh sorry I got 28th in the second moto the first moto I got uh pretty sure i got like 17th mm-hmm. so uh i was pretty pretty mentally beat up in that second moto my right you know relying on my right leg and having it it's just impossible to be able to do two races on one leg so yeah especially with no training and so going into the next race i was i rested all week i didn't really do much training i was just trying to get recovered as much as i can that's kind of been my mo lately these weeks and mm-hmm. i uh the track at the second race in prince george british columbia it's kind of more my style it's a little bit um sandier and i i was just hoping that my experience and my uh line choices i could i could use that to my advantage you know staying out of the bumps and being a little more creative with being a, a local sand guy yeah yeah so <laughs> go, well actually I, I never finished answering your question because i just <laughs> talked forever but uh <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with that, man. Well, there's a lot to explain. I <laughs> yeah, guess. exactly, uh, exactly. But uh, so going into the second race, I was, you know, doing the best I can. I'm pretty mentally strong. I was trying to, you know, just do the best I could. And I went out there, and in the first race, I'm trying to think what I finished. I uh, pretty sure I got 13th first mm-hmm. race, and I felt good. It was the first day I'd been on the bike. I'd actually kind of felt myself, and I. I actually put my left foot on the peg nice. and, and, and used it. So my right leg didn't get so tired. 
And I remember coming off that first moto and it was like, okay, today's the day. It just, it just switched. There's a hope. Um, there, there's progression mm-hmm. and, uh, I just got to roll with this. I got to keep it going and, and I'm going to get back to where I was. So was there a point? I guess there is a point to, in a lot of sports where you're, well, obviously you're competing against other guys, but at this point in time, you're competing against yourself. Was it, is that the mindset that you took? Like I know points yeah. are important and getting yeah. uh, podiums are important, but at this point in the game, was it all about just kind of competing with yourself or for yourself? Yeah, it was totally. I was so far back and so underprepared that I just basically had to just progress by myself. You know, I had to just, that's all I was trying to do was just be better every weekend. I kind of figured that going out racing, it might seem a little crazy or dumb to go out racing that unprepared or uh, un, un, uh not ready right so i i knew that if i went racing with those the three races out rest that it would force me to basically be uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. and that i was hoping it wouldn't be too much Mm -hmm. and that it would push me into getting better a little bit quicker than staying at home skipping the west and uh taking the same amount of time trying to get ready for the east coast by myself so i figured that getting put in that environment and getting stressed like that that i would i would be forced to uh push the limits of my leg well and it's he's just seeing by the mx tour uh standings right now you're currently 14th but and then you can obviously see the progression and just in the place you were 19th overall the the first race and then 16th and then uh the last race uh was a 12th place finish i think wasn't it yeah so uh, the, the like I said, the first race I talked all about that, and the second yeah. race, I uh, that was the first day that I started feeling good. So then going into the third race out west, which is in uh, Brandon, or sorry, Minnedosa, Manitoba, I was staying in Brandon that week. I uh, I was pretty excited. I rode on the Wednesday, same thing. Was really just focusing on recovering for the weekend and just trying to make sure that the the uh, what I had from uh, training prior years and just you know I'm still overall in pretty good shape so mm-hmm. just making sure that what I had was well rested and ready and recovered from the weekend prior so I rode that Wednesday and I felt really good again so I was uh same thing still a little bit protecting my left leg yeah. but I could at least ride with both legs so yeah. I was uh <laughs> that that I was coming into that weekend with real confidence, I like to call it. Yeah. I think the second weekend, it's just confidence made up in my mind. Yeah. And I've talked myself into that confidence. But the uh, third race in Manitoba, I, I proved to myself the weekend before. So when you get that confidence, when it's real confidence, it's that's powerful confidence. <laughs> and it had to have been a huge thing for you because, again, the road to Gopher has been a long, winding road, and which includes a stop in the States. And I know... You, you did a couple AMA stops, right? Two, right? Yeah. And uh, it was almost like a dream come true. And it's something that you've always wanted to do, and you kind of signed up before this injury happened. And now with the injury, you, you get to do this bucket list <laughs> thing before Gopher. And you had to have been just the ups and downs yeah. of emotions had to have been pretty big. Yeah, so I uh, the AMA, the down, the down in the States, the motocross outdoor tour that they have is 
pretty much world class. There's uh, the top athletes from around the world. There's basically the AMA Nationals and the World GPs. They're, they're about the biggest two uh, series going around in the world. So I've always kind of dreamed about doing some races down there since I've been a pro. And uh, I had a really good year last year with, with finishes and stuff and, and gained a lot of speed and, and knowledge last year. So this winter, my dad kind of threw it out there and we've always kind of dreamed about racing in uh, Massachusetts at Southwick so I uh, I just kind of started to sign up for it I, it's a pretty long process to you have to go through like a, a world organization that and long story short it's 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 a while so I kind of started dipping into that and and I uh, signed up for it I talked to my team and they were super supportive and uh, they were gonna give me a race my race bike and stuff to be able to take down there and be competitive so all the ducks were lining up and I was gonna go down and 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 no expectations but just go down there and and you know kind of live out a bucket list race and and just see if I could uh, what I could accomplish down there and then uh, and then I broke my leg <laughs> and, and with all that said you did really well like it's you you seem really excited about just the results and your performance really. yeah so it was good that I, I think it all worked out racing out west and kind of getting myself back into shape so that being said that that third race in manitoba was uh it rained all night before the race and it was a mud race so i uh they ended up canceling the second race but in the first race I dabbed my foot like a million times and I think I kind of tweaked my knee a bit so uh, it was almost back to losing that confidence again oh and, man and it was it was I my mom's a nurse and it was bad enough that I, I said well I should probably make an appointment with uh, my surgeon and get my knee checked out because you know it's pretty bad but I uh, I ended up riding that I had to come home and that that weekend I was supposed to go down to the States to race uh, the Southwick National and I you know I, I uh, didn't have time to <laughs> make an appointment because uh, and I I was still gonna go race either way so I ended up practicing with my one teammate uh, back home here and uh, he's he's a uh, really really fast so I uh, it was good to have a, a someone to judge my speed off of mm -hmm. and we went out to a really really rough sand track locally here and uh i put i we did some motos together and i was right on pace so i that i was really happy that he came out because it was like i said it kind of gave me confidence again and and the west coast is is usually not very sandy so it was mm -hmm. um I, I i'm kind of a sand guy so i got to get back in the sand i got, built some confidence again that week and uh, but the just knowing the level of competition down in the states there's world class. I was pretty nervous going down there. <laughs> it's got to be nervy. Yeah, yeah, just you know, like you walk into a gas station in the states and and there's you know cardboard cutouts of of these moto dudes. Like yeah, it, it's big. Yeah, you know. So I uh, family, the team, everyone was supporting me to to go down there and give it a shot. So. There's 90 guys that are trying to qualify. Damn. And I was uh, almost even more worried because with Southwick being a sand track, uh, usually the locals around that track are, are extra fast there. So And there was a lot of locals there, so I figured it would be even harder. 
to qualify there, but uh, I ended up uh, making it happen. Nice. Uh, what was the result? Uh, in the morning at, at um, Southwick, I they take the top 36 riders, and you get straight qualified into the two races, and uh, the the rest of the the next 40 guys do a race a last chance qualifier and they take the top four guys from that race so uh i actually qualified 28th made it straight into the moto damn that's yeah. awesome and, how, how uh, pumped were you i was super excited i i got a text from my team manager this kind of puts into perspective a little bit and uh he 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 had a pretty good career himself actually mm -hmm. uh racing this kind of stuff too he's a canadian and, and ventured a little bit down in the states also but he t I got a text after I qualified. We were so excited, and, and it said, uh, welcome to an exclusive club of Canadians. Really? And uh, I never really thought of that Holy until shit. he texted it to me. Wow. So uh, it gets even better. So uh, <laughs> we ended up racing, and I got in a, uh, I got in a little uh, crash in the first corner. Got tangled up with some guys, and uh, I my bike and another rider's bike were stuck stuck together my peg was in his wheel and in all the spokes so it, it took us a while to get our bikes apart and i ended up put all my heart into it charged as hard as i could and i got 28 so actually there's 40 guys on the line so Man. i was pretty bummed that that's that happened on the start but i was just to qualify it was such a feat yeah even even I was like, man, I didn't get last, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I started probably a minute back, and I and I broke the top thirty. So I that's was, insane. I was super stoked. And then the next race, my dad was telling me just make it through the first turn. He he knew that my experience. It's been a, it's yeah, been a bit of a theme this year. Yeah, right? <laughs> he, he he knew that I would just put in the work. So I ended up, I got up all the way up into eighteenth place in the second moto. I ended up finishing nineteenth. That's insane. So they give points out into the top 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was like, we. someone joked about that after the first moto of my buddy. He's like, oh, like, could you imagine if you got points? And uh, <laughs> we almost all kind of like, it was like almost a joke. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not, it just seemed, it just seemed so unreachable, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I knew that I, I knew that if I got a good start, that I could hang on and the track's super rough, that I could use my experience, but I honestly had no idea where that was going to put me in mm -hmm. positioning, and uh, that's basically what happened. I got a, a decent start. I was about 19th, and uh, I think I went back to about 25th at the beginning, and then I just started put my head down and started working away, and I ended up getting up into 19th, and I've never been so tired in my life, <laughs> but it, it almost felt like I had the entire country behind me and all my friends and that's pretty awesome and i scored two points so it didn't click into me until then i got another text and said you really just joined an elusive club <laughs> of guys there hasn't been many canadians to ever score points uh, seriously how many do you know how i, many I have no idea but um i think we'll have to sit down and uh figure it out but it's definitely like i'm just gonna have to guess like a maybe, handful like 20 guys maybe Jesus. If, that's know, awesome over history 20 30 guys i i don't know i could that's be insane. i could be wrong but uh it, not many and definitely not many in the last 20 years it, has it sunk in yet yeah um definitely i came home for the week and 
my phone was blowing up. I think I had like 50 <laughs> or 60 direct messages just from, it was, it was cool, all, all my competitors and friends and, you know, everyone just, like a lot of people just sent me a little message on, on Instagram or text me or Facebook and just said like, hey man, we're proud of you. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it definitely gave me a lot of drive going into Red Bud, but it also made me feel like almost proud of myself. Like, Oh, of course. Yeah, coming with my leg and everything and and I still honestly have I still have a little ways to go to where I was last year but mm-hmm. um, mentally I think I'm back to where I was last year I was just going to say that's got to be when well, we were talking about it earlier in the in the podcast just about the mental side like uh, of course physically you're you're going to get there you know that but yeah, the, the mental side of things and like any sport the mental side of motocross is probably the largest part of it. Yeah, it, and to be to be that far ahead in 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 your progression, you've got to be really proud of yourself. Yeah, it, it's tough. Motocross is tough. It's it's uh it's so physically hard that mm-hmm. when you're out there, it gets it's just a constant voice in your head of wanting to to quit. Yeah. All you can hear, I just I say it's like little demons. They're just just they're just coming up with all these excuses why you should just stop and uh it's hard to just keep your head in the game and to Mm -hmm. just focus on going forward Mm -hmm. so it's uh so moving forward uh you had one my red bud you said yeah buchanan michigan it was basically it was in michigan but it was almost to uh almost at almost in chicago yeah yeah and how did that go for you that is the craziest race of all the races down in the states so i really had my work cut out for me there was um there was also 90 guys it was capped out for entries and uh they have a lot more people try to sign up but they they almost Mm -hmm. sift through the guys uh prior and almost kind of pick the best 90 guys that's crazy so um i uh was signed up got accepted for red bud and uh, it's 4th of July weekend down there. I've never seen people going so wild in my life for spectators. I've never seen so many spectators in my life. They actually had, there's there's like Olympics in motocross, mm-hmm. and they travel around the world each year. So last year, they had the motocross designations at Redbud, and I heard there was like upwards of sixty to 70,000 spectators there. That's insane. So at the National, I think there's like 40. 50 Man. so uh, it's gotta be crazy racing it, in front of that many it, people it's insane they do this thing down there i mean everybody's partaking in festivities it's fourth mm-hmm. of july and and they just do this thing where they scream red bud and <laughs> i i kind of you know i've been to other sporting events and you get a big crowd at a hockey game or whatever and it's a home home game and people are chanting but this is a the thing they're chanting right yeah. they're they're chanting like a let's go but these people are just screaming and it it's all it's crazy it's it's so much louder and it, it you you know you can usually hear what they're saying in the chant this yeah. is just this noise that is just like erupting and they would like more and more and more people would start yelling red bud and it would get louder and louder. it was a, it was the craziest thing i've ever seen did it help you or was it distracting? No, it, it was awesome. Had to have pumped you up. Yeah, like at the, I'm really talking about at the start of the race. We were st- we were sitting on the line. I I, I qualified. I was, I qualified 36, 
and that, like I said earlier, they only take the top 36 guys. The rest <laughs> of them have to go to that race. It was uh, super nerve-wracking to uh, watch the other qualifying group to see if no one was going to go faster than me. So I I made it in. I was super excited to make it into Red Bud. And uh, because it's it's not as sandy as a track, and mm-hmm. and I wanted to basically prove to myself that um, Southwick the weekend prior wasn't just kind of a luck thing that I yeah. I wanted to prove to myself that I you know deserved to be out there and and to qualify. So when we were on the line, there was I don't, like it's like I don't know how many people are around hanging over the fence and they all got air horns and like <laughs> it's crazy there's guys with chainsaws with with no uh with no blade on them yeah, yeah. just revving just revving them just making noise it's, it's insane no cowbells no oh yeah that, you can hear them there's cowbells air horns you go by and just beep 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 burr, burr, it's so it's that's crazy. crazy that is crazy so how did you end up uh, overall so uh i same thing kind of got in a I had a decent start around the first turn and then the second turn was uh, 180 the other way so someone crashed right in front of me I kind of had to avoid that and some guys got around me definitely wasn't held up nearly like I was the weekend prior but didn't have the greatest start and same thing I I just kind of put my head down and I ended up finishing 28th again so that's pretty awesome yeah I was pretty stoked with that and then uh, they they actually there's two classes there's 250 and 450 motocross but they actually switched the the order that i went in and normally 450s last yeah and i so i typically would have the smoother track mm-hmm. and because uh, we would go first but uh I, my second race was the very last race of the day with the 450s going first so i knew the track was going to be just hammered and that uh it would be super rough and i to me the rougher it is, the more I can use my mental skills and line yeah, yeah. choice and experience. So I was really looking forward to the second moto, and I was in. Uh, I got a decent start, passed up a bit, and I was in 22nd. And I had the feeling of like, okay, I can. Uh, you can judge right away if, yeah, if yeah. you're how you're feeling. And I said, man, this is going good. Like physically, I'm physically feeling good and i'm prop the races are 30 minutes long so i i knew that i was i was riding good enough that i was going to be able to make it and push for the 30 minutes which is a really really good feeling so i was super excited and then we had a a mechanical issue so i uh i got taken out of the race and uh but it was it, it wasn't bad. I was actually looking back on it, really happy. I, I proved to myself and to, to everyone else that, you know, you I belong. Get, I belong there, and uh, and definitely for myself, I'm happy that I got to ride. I think it was five or six or six or seven laps, so I got that feeling. Yeah. So I knew, you know, okay, I would have, you know. I, I still gained the confidence from that second race, even though I didn't get to finish it. Absolutely. So any uh, any future aspirations to get back to the AMAs or any uh, other AMA races now that you're actually in the point standings? Yeah. I, um, <laughs> there's one race down in Indiana after our season uh, finishes on the East Coast here. I'm not signed up for it, but... Uh, kind of thinking about doing it so that's awesome we'll, we'll see what happens but honestly um i'm 
if I could sign up for Southwick and Redbud right now, next year, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd probably do it right now. That's so, awesome. Uh, it was such a good learning experience, and I think um, if I was more prepared, if, mm -hmm. say, I didn't break my leg, I would be really prepared for gopher and nice. really, really sharp coming into the East Coast if I went down to the States to do those two uh, races. And with that said, what have you learned about yourself throughout all of this adversity? Is there anything that you've, like, personally learned? It seems learned? so cliche, but honestly, <laughs> I've had some adversity um and i've definitely had a really strong work ethic and i've always kind of relied on my fitness and and uh just really being in shape and mentally strong as as some of my tactics yeah. to success but um having that all taken away from me this winter it was really strange so almost uh, taking it for you don't take it for granted almost eh? yeah like knowing Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I, that work ethic, I didn't realize how important it was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and, and I hadn't been in a position where I needed to, that just kind of was always natural. So being put in a position where I couldn't do work like mm -hmm. that physically and get in shape, it was, it was hard to, to mentally be strong and have that worth ethic in a different way as in just trying to build confidence and trying to come back because I've never had to deal with it in that sense of things yeah yeah so heading into uh, gopher how are you feeling and and again we better plug that gopher dunes is hosting round four 2019 rockstar energy triple crown mx tour yeah and this is uh this is a, every year this is your big homecoming so how are you feeling heading into this thing? I'm feeling pretty good. It's it's I've had a different approach to this year. Um, normally, I would be out there on my bicycle, getting hours in, pounding cardio, and in the gym, and and just kind of beating myself up. But I think I've I've uh, learned this year that um, you're not really going to make too much improvements during the week training mm -hmm. and that it's almost a lot better to focus your efforts on recovering what you have to make sure that you're a hundred percent on the weekend so i've been uh i think we're going out riding today but uh it's been a lot more i went for a recovery bicycle ride so i just you know kind of went a little bit longer and, mm -hmm. and a lot slower and really just try to get the, the blood flowing and just so that i can get healed from the weekend so I'm uh, feeling good, and I know I'll be nice and fresh for the weekend, and mentally I'm back to where I am and, and have the confidence and know that uh, when I line up this weekend that I uh, I got the tools to be able to get it done. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. I really yeah. appreciate it. Welcome back home. Thank you. It's always great talking to you. Yeah. It's funny running into you sometimes yeah. in town, but uh, to actually just sit down talk riding and Man, you've had quite the road the yeah. last several months. So yeah, it's it's it, it's been a road that's for sure. But uh, it's nice to, like you said, you learn a lot of stuff when you go down the road. So that's for sure. So uh, hopefully we'll see everybody out on Saturday at Gopher Dunes cheering this guy on. What bib number are you? Uh, Twenty-seven this year. Twenty-seven, and might as well pimp out some of your sponsors. Yeah, okay, you know. It, like you said, you, you wouldn't be here without them and the support of your family, stuff like that. So let her rip, I guess. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I always start with the most important my family. They they are the, the longest supporters. Um, my parents and my girlfriend and, and my extended family are all super big supporters and, and held me as much as they can. But um, definitely my whole team with uh, MX101 and everybody there and uh, Yamaha Canada and, and uh, FXR. So uh, all those guys, big, big, big help with me. But I uh, definitely got to give a shout out to uh, R&R, Decal Works, Alan Brown, Builds All Our Motors, uh, Jonas Building, uh, our suspension guy, Joe Skid at, S- at uh, SSS, um, the boys over at Recluse Canada hooking me up, and uh, 6D, Mongoose, Maxima, Dunlop. They helped me out down in the States with some tires and stuff this weekend, or past two weekends. Uh, FMF, Renthal, uh, Garnet, hooking us up with boots, Ride Engineering, VP, Race Gas, Twin Air, Comic, uh, TM Design, Ride 100%. Those guys have always been behind me with uh, goggles and all that kind of stuff. Atlas Brace, Cherubis, Works Connection, Matrix. Um, they they help us out a lot with the uh, stands and all kinds of all kinds of cool little neat stuff. They personalize everything. Uh, GYTR and Hilo Mechanics Wear, Evans and uh, RK. So gotta give those guys a, a shout out. Well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, uh, I really it. I really appreciate you taking the time out of uh, kind of a busy week, I guess. Super busy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, good luck and uh, make sure everybody get out to go for Dunes on Saturday and uh, check out Hayden Halstead and maybe bring a cowbell and some air horns to cheer him on. <laughs> and and keep the chainsaws at home. That's a little <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You take care. Shoutouts. First couple of shoutouts go out to the Haldeman Heat and Simcoe Braves. These two teams were in Grafton last weekend at the OASA Banama Eliminations and punched their ticket to the national championship at the end of the month in Saskatoon with second and third place finishes respectively. Wow, amazing job guys. Next shout out goes out to my good friends Jeremy and Jeff Short as well as Corey Moulton and the rest of the volunteers with Simcoe Minor Baseball. These guys put in so much work. This past weekend, the association hosted its PWA tournament at Lions Park without a local team in it. These volunteers worked all weekend long to make this tournament run without a hitch. Great job, guys. Well, friends, it's that time again. Thanks again for taking the time out of your day to listen to Smart Sports Podcast. It really is appreciated. Make sure you check out the Facebook page, like and share it, so you can stay up to date with what's going on in the area in sports. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you later.